Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome, everybody, back to another one of Drafts 412's podcast. Tonight, we'll be speaking about the Pittsburgh Pirates. And first, we want to thank our sponsor, Burgatory. If you haven't gone to a Burgatory, you're missing out. If you like burgers, they make homemade burgers. And it's made to order at the table. You fill out a little card. You tell them what you want on it. They've got a bunch of crazy ingredients and a bunch of cool ways to spice it up. And I would encourage anybody to get out there and do that. And you could finish off your burger with a nice Burgatory Shake, which is their signature item. So check them out if you have a chance. But tonight, speaking of Burgatory and Purgatory, we have the four horsemen of the apocalypse back tonight. We've got our editor-in-chief, John Toth, JT. Welcome back to the show. We've got Emmett Mann and David Finoli. Uh, and we're ready to talk pirates. So you guys ready to go? Ready to go. All right. So, look, we, we've seen the pirates on a six-game winning streak. Uh, we've also seen over the last uh, – this this homestand, them crawl back into uh, a battle for first place. Uh, and we've seen some moves behind the scenes that people haven't been watching because of, of the wins. The most intriguing was one of the pirates' hottest prospects, Henry Davis, got bumped up from double A AA to triple A to start to catch there. I think we were all waiting for that. And I'm going to throw this over to JT because you wrote an article about Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis and when this was going to happen. And look, this, this, this came to fruition, I think just around the time everybody thought it might, but what are your comments on that JT? Are you happy with the move for Henry Davis to triple A? Yeah, I am. I think uh, his time was up at double A. Um, they need to get him up in the triple A. Um, they're gonna they're gonna play. Plus, they're also gonna get Andy Rodriguez, and they're gonna get Henry Davis some time in other positions. Uh, if I'm mistaken, I think it's Henry Andy Rodriguez at first base, Henry Davis in right field, if that's if that's correct. But I also heard um, Rodriguez can play some second base as well, but he hasn't done that quite yet. But um, yeah, I want to see what he could do. Um, I think th- the other two guys, Dave and Emmett, have talked me into the point where I think that. I think Henry Davis will be the first. Um, will be the first call up. I think they'll be the first. I think Henry Davis will be the the first of the two to come up. I think if he uh, starts off odd here, and the Pirates have trouble uh, at the catching position, I think, um, or an injury to catcher, I think Henry Davis could be the first one up. Emmett, since uh, JT invoked your name, I'll go to you next. I mean, is this the right move at the right time? Do we see? Henry Davis in in a big league uniform sometime this summer, or uh, do they let him play out the string in AAA? What do they do there? I think they let him play out the string. Uh, he needs to show he can get 500 to 600 healthy at bats at, uh, at, at uh, in the minor league level in a season, and his defense still needs a lot of work. Uh, the week before he, he got moved up, uh, just in one series alone, he had four pitches that got past him that were in the dirt. And that's the one thing that has consistently shown up in scouting reports on his defense is he has trouble blocking balls. So send him down there. Uh, You know, they play six games in a row, then they're off on Mondays for travel days. He's got four or five days got to be behind the plate. And if he's not behind the plate, 
he's got to be uh, in there uh, with the pitching coach or someone just bouncing balls with him. But uh, uh, I, I think Davis should stay there the rest the rest of the season. And, and David, I don't want to be presumptuous here, but if Henry Davis is the future, what is the future of Andy Rodriguez? Um, I, I think they, they'll they'll pretty much split time catching down there. But whether or not uh, Rodriguez is, is a better fielder than Davis, they're both still questionable at this point. He's also the most athletic. He's the one that can probably um, handle other positions better than than Davis. Davis has been formidable in right field, but from what I can gather, from what I read, he, he's pretty much a, a clunk anywhere else in the field. Davis Rodriguez, he can he can handle the middle field if asked to, most likely first base at this point, and he can play the outfield. I, I would think because of that, you would you would see Davis behind the plate um, when when they make it up and Rodriguez adapting more. But the advantage to it is, do you need to carry a, you can carry another bat. You don't necessarily need to carry another catcher um, because he's, he's still well-schooled in that. So that would be an advantage. But I think by the time it's all said and done, Davis will be your catcher. And uh, I'm going to guesstimate the fact that they don't really have a, a first baseman going forward. That's probably where you're going to see uh, – uh, and the uh, uh, settle into. So back to you, Emmett, for a second. Uh, I know we talked about your thoughts on on Davis and playing out the string in the minors. Um, do you see any uh, call ups then as the Pirates, you know, start to go into the the, the second of the you know second part of the season uh, here, especially with them playing the way that they are right now? Uh, they've had their ups and downs, but they've been pr- consistently good enough to be competing for that first position um, in, in the, uh, uh, in the central. So what do we, what do we do? Do, you, do we see any call-ups here? Do you have anybody in mind that they would reach down to, to pull up? I, I really don't see anything. There's certainly nobody of impact. Uh, I mean, uh, Aaron Shackelford is having an interest. He had an interesting May. Uh, you know, he's got some positional flexibility. Uh, he's got a little bit of pop in his bat. Um, uh, Gorski and Triolo are a couple of guys to keep our eyes on going forward, but they've been injured a lot of the year, so they they're, they're just not going to be ready. They probably need to spend a uh, full year, and then Gorski's still at at double A, so uh, you would have to see him get some triple A bats before that. In terms of arms, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Indy starter tonight, Cal. Uh, Cal Aldred was is always kind of a personal favorite of mine. I I don't think he he really has gotten as much of a look uh, as he should because every level he's gotten guys out. Uh, he he's had solid numbers, but you know Yuri De Los Santos will be back. That was kind of a fluky thing as to why he was sent down. Um, I would expect you'll see him back. You might see uh, Kane and Smith and Jigba uh, depending on how he's doing. But uh, there's not a game changer. Uh, you know, the Reds brought up their top prospect today. There's no one like that that's that that's that's ready down uh, in the system. Well, I mean, you mentioned uh, arms, uh, and David, you mentioned uh, first base. And, and since neither of you guys really see any legitimate call-ups here, I'm going to throw this back over to JT for a second. And I've heard on the, you know, major league, you know, rumor mill 
du jour, three names. I'm going to give each of you guys a name for potential trades as we start to approach that trading deadline and the Pirates are still competitive. Obviously, there, there's a lot of that. And, and I'm going to start with you, JT, because I know you have this um, – You've had this love affair, uh, love-hate relationship with the Pirates catching situation. Mm-hmm. Travis Darno uh, is rumored um, since, uh, you know, what was it, 2021 now when uh, the uh, the Braves traded for Sean Murphy. He's sort of been a, you know, sort of like a, you know, a, a second hand down there. I know he came over from the Rays last year. Uh, there's a rumor on the wire that the Pirates might have an interest uh, in him and that might solve their hole at catcher. Do you think the car, the Pirates make a move like that? And uh, or, and if not, why? I mean, you, you think they're just going to play out the string with Hedges and um, and and the rest? I mean, everybody knows I'm not the uh, head of the uh, Austin Hedge um, <laughs> fan club. Um, he has hit the ball this weekend, though. I give him mad the last couple of days. Um, I, I don't think Travis Darno would really solve anything. I, he might give you a little bit better of a bat than Hedges, but um hedges did make a great throw last night i give him that um that that probably, that probably saved the game or at least saved us from from tying them tying us up and going to extra innings um i don't think darno would be enough if you have to give something up for him especially i'd say no don't worry about it um i, I hate to say i'd play out the, i'd play that out i'd rather have a if there's another catcher out there i don't think it's going to be davis or rodriguez but um I don't think Darno would be a guy that I'd go after. I'd, I'd be if the Pirates keep winning, I'd be looking at getting um, a number four starter, like a, like another starter in that rotation, um, just to get another arm in, in that rotation. I mean, yes. Yeah, speaking of starters, the, the Pirates they did move on from Stevenson this past week. We added yet another shortstop to to the minor league system. But Dave, um, you know, along the same lines of what JT is saying. Uh, the Pirates have been rumored to be part of the Lance Lynn uh, sweepstakes. I know that uh, he's an older pitcher. They, they, there's a club option for next year. Uh, and, uh, you know, a number of teams are taking a look. And, and maybe that adds, like he said, a four or five guy to the, to the rotation. Is that something that you would give up to keep the Pirates competitive for a wild card or even, you know, a divisional title? It depends what you're, you're talking about. At this point in time, if somebody's asking for – a top 25, 20 prospect. No, you don't, because you need to let these kids develop the problem when you start emptying your farm system to try to win, especially when you don't have a team that can win a World Series. And quite frankly, unless you're close to that, don't waste your prospects. Um, at this point in time, the Pirates are not close to that. So Lance Lynn, if you get him for a secondary prospect, um, Okay, that's that's fine. But if if you're talking about a, a top fifteen prospect, I don't make that move because I don't think he makes you appreciably a, a better team at this point. Um, Priestner, I'd still want to get him some some uh, rotations, but lately he has looked like the prospect we all felt he could be. Um, so he's a guy who I don't think he's far away from from making that next step. Um, I'd almost rather see them pull him up at this point, then, then uh, waste a prospect. Cause as I said, the re the way this team is going to survive over, over the long haul is by having a deep farm system. Maybe when we get to the point where we know exactly what we have in the middle infield, we can, we can decide is Castro worth keeping is, is Pagero. Do we, do we have a need for him, but you're not to that point yet. So no, I don't, 
I don't really want to make those moves. Emmett, my my last of the three, the trifecta uh, that's been floating around MLB rumors is, is CJ Crone from the Colorado Rockies. I, I know uh, mentioned a little earlier the fact that they have a hole, a glaring hole. They don't have a they don't have a solution long term at first base and moving some players around. Oftentimes, there's some, you know, people like to talk about that and, and how players can can move into right field or they can play a first base uh, and things like that is is cj crona a guy that knowing that the rockies are actively shopping him is he a guy that the pirates should go after is he a permanent solution for them and if so do they give up a a first you know like a first rate well i shouldn't say first rated but a first tier prospect uh for him or is this something we just kind of let them play out as well and see how the season you know fares for them for the rest of the way play it out i mean they've they've had multiple opportunities to get cj crone it's not like uh, he is um, taking out a lot of mortgages wherever he's been. Uh, there, there's a reason he's bounced around. And you always have to take any kind of Colorado production with a grain of salt. Uh, one of the other moves that, that, that was made in the spate of moves the last couple of days that I think might, might and this is just me trying to read the tea leaves, uh, the tip Charrington's hand, uh, when they moved Davis up, they moved Abraham Gutierrez uh, from Greensboro to um, uh, to Altoona. Now he's DHing tonight, but I would imagine he's going to get a ton of reps at catcher. And so maybe the plan is Davis and Gutierrez is your catching uh, tandem in 2025, and Endy is your first baseman. Um, you know, I just uh, Crone's a nice player. But I, I think it, it is one of those things. Are you a product of your team coming together or are you a product of your schedule? Uh, and I think that needs to be uh, fully vetted before any kind of major personnel move is, is decided upon. Yeah. Now, Dave, you wrote an article. It was the, one of the, if not the first article on Draft 412 last fall talking about how the Pirates – were the closest Pittsburgh professional team to a championship. And you were comparing them to what the Steelers had on the roster, and you were comparing them to what the Penguins had on the roster. And we saw, uh, as we went through the, the NFL and the NHL seasons last year, we saw the Penguins in a bit of decline. We saw the Steelers struggling back to uh, you know, some legitimacy and, and maybe taking a look at a playoff run this coming year. You know, but you know, here we are, mid-June, and the Pirates have a chance to be in first place and have the number one overall pick here in July uh, in the draft. In your opinion, um, is this the beginning of the years of winning that you were hoping to see what you wrote that article about? Yeah, I, I think next year is the beginning of, of the playoff contention straight. But um, yeah, I mean, they uh, even when they were having a bad May, I still felt this was a over 500 team. This was a winning team. And that's mainly because of the starting pitching. Um, it's been solid. It's been consistent. And we're gathering in on the course of, of uh, 50% of the season. And it's it's still there. And to me, there are some great pieces that still are, are on its way up. So, yeah, I think starting next year, when you see Endy up, when you see Davis up, um, I still believe in Gonzalez uh, is going to be uh, a top-notch producer up here. And... You know, don't uh, we? We have a lack of outfielders that Dylan Cruz. Uh, when hopefully we draft him, will will make us stronger. But Cal Mitchell has 
has been probably the strongest hitter in Indianapolis over the course of the last month. Um, and he certainly had a strong, uh, um, strong spring. So there, there's a lot of talent. We haven't even scratched the surface up yet. Gutierrez, as Emmett mentioned, um, I think is an underrated prospect at this point and um, will probably pan out to be a better hitter than what people think. Uh, probably their best defensive option at this point in the minors. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, if you don't do stupid things, if you don't empty out the, the system to try to um, win now, um, I can see this as a nice nine, 10 year run that um, very, very uh, symbolic of what uh, the Minnesota twins have done. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, not to, to, to riff off of what you just said, but you know, it, it sounds to me like Charrington is the kind of guy that is patient. He knows what he has right now. He's not rushing guys along. All of his moves have been deliberate. Uh, and to that point, JT, you know, I know you and I have talked offline uh, about this a, a number of times, but, you know, are the Pirates, do the Pirates have their best 26 up? And if they don't, how much longer until they do? Uh, you know, you know, is this what we're going to see, save for maybe, you know, a couple of minor trades closer to the deadline? Is this, is this the, the team we're going to see for the rest of 2023? Or do you expect to, to, to see more moves? I think we're going to see more moves. I think Chris Owings and Robert Stevenson was the beginning of, all right, let's get rid of some of this veteran dead weight that really weren't, wasn't doing anything. Um, I think you still have that to a point with um, like Rob Zestrinsky, who pitched last night. Didn't look Can you say that team. three times, JT? Can you say that three <laughs> times in a row? Rob Zestrinsky. And then you got um, Mark Mathias ain't killing me, but it's another guy that I think – you know, if he's on a we're, a we're a winning team right now, let's fill let's fill it out with our best twenty six. And to get back to the last question as well is, um, I tried looking up if any team during the draft period has had a, been in first place while having the first pick of the draft, and I couldn't find I couldn't find one at least recently, like twenty years. So we're in a unique situation where the team is starting to um, turn it around while we still got a chance to take. You know, a megastar. I mean, I think Dylan Cruz could be a could be the last piece of this puzzle. And and to get back to what Dave was saying as well is, this ain't going to be like that little run from thirteen to fifteen. This this team ain't going to have to go out and get a Marlin Bird kind of person and have to re-sign a Marlin Bird or a or a um, Jay Happ kind of guy. We, we have so much talent coming up that we could just we we could run this for we could run the table for a while with these guys and. Um, for the tw best twenty six, I say get your get your best up here. I mean, do what you got to do. Um, if that if that means just Shrinsky's got to go down for maybe bring up a young arm and like like he said with uh, Yuri De Los Santos is uh, that might be that might be the spot right there. I know it's on a lefty, but um, and then you get, a, you get another young guy like Matthias. We have so many middle infielders in our organization right now. But Dave said earlier we have to. We have to sort through these. I mean, like a guy like Lieber, Lieber Pagero was up last year, and he's not really even in their plans right now. And he's he's still. I mean, you can't say he's not a decent prospect. I mean, he he only put up bad numbers last year in the minors and and had a little bit of a bats in the majors. So, I think as they keep winning, you're going to see more and more of these um, veterans that aren't doing much uh, lose their jobs. And I think it's starting to happen now. So, guys, I'm going to 
throw something out to all three of you and Emmett, I'll, I'll start with you, but you know, if you've ever walked into a purgatory, which I'm sure you have, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. the first thing you do is you go up to the table and you find that tablet and you're able to, you know, be the, your, your general manager of your menu for that night. You're telling purgatory what you want to do. Uh, in, in this case, you are the general manager for a day and you have exactly one move uh, to make, to improve this team between now and the trade deadlines to make a run at, the, the playoffs. What one move uh, do you make? Uh, and I'm going to ask this of everybody, but I'm going to start with you, Emmett. Okay. But real quick, before we get on there, I want to, you know, I, I think before we address bringing the top, your best 26 players up, you have to, I, you know, you have to identify what is the top 26. Is it your best 26 players in the organization? I mean, no team in no, in any sport has their best, players up at any time. I mean, uh, people get shuffled off the practice squads in the NFL and they get shuffled in. So, you know, I the, there's a guy, Gary Morgan, from um, inside the Bucks basement, just had an article this great, uh, last week that was called The Fallacy of the Best 26. It's a brilliant article. I would really encourage people to read it. It might give you an insight as to why who is up here and who is not. Um, it's just... Uh, you know, uh, as they say in politics, you can't beat someone with no one. And I'm not sure there's anyone in the system that can uh, can come up and, and, you know, be an upgrade over what they have. Now, as to what move I would make uh, if I were GM, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Aside from getting O'Neill Cruz on a plane and flying him over to Lourdes, and dipping his his ankle in in the water at Lords and and try and get a miracle cure, um, it might just be if I if I had to make one move, I guess I would probably alluding to what Dave was going. I, I would I would look to a veteran back of the rotation guy. JT, what about you? you yeah, GM I, I, for the day. You're now you're now JT Charrington. What are you doing? Well, I'm asking the Dodgers if Will Smith is available and what they want for him, but I know that ain't going to happen. So, um, you're, you're not talking the actor, Will Smith, are you? <laughs> no, no, the catcher for the. Uh, oh, okay. 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 <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if you want McCutcheon slapped, but go ahead. <laughs> they, they can afford the picture. They can't afford the actor, Will Smith. <laughs> I would go after. Uh, I, if, if it took a, a prospect or two, like a, like an Ajiba kind of a prospect, not a not a Nick Gonzalez kind of prospect, but I would look for like a like a number four starter, honestly, a guy that could uh, solidify, and a younger guy too, not a not making fun of Rich Hill, but maybe a guy like in his you know thirty to thirty two range um, that you bring in for maybe like a Smith and Ajiba and maybe even a, a lower prospect down in like single way or something. I, I think that's the move I would make. Um, I think the bullpen, for the most part, is fine. I wouldn't even mind going out and finding another lefty, another left-handed uh, thrower, just another lefty you can bring in. Um, it's not the same in the major leagues now. A lefty used to be you bring in a lefty for one batter, two batters. I mean, you bring a lefty in now, the chances of him that throwing the three three lefties is slim to none because most teams make uh, changes right when you bring a lefty in, anyways. So, I, I think I would. I go after a number, a number four starter. Um, a little bit younger than Rich Hill, uh, but not 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 too not too young, not too old. Just a guy you can maybe have a year or two out of and and build from there. How about you, Dave? Your your last, but obviously not least. Well, two things. First, 
any restaurant that serves poutine, okay, which is which is what God had created uh, for a side for people, uh, is the greatest place in my in my world. And you know, Burgatory has the kick-ass burgers. They have the kick-ass shakes, but they got the poutine to boot. So how are you going to get better than that? Plus, it's, it's, it's heaven. Wait a minute. It's purgatory, not heaven. Oh. They taught me that peanut butter on a hamburger tastes unbelievable. It does. It really does. Unbelievable. I, I don't know if we need to uh, ding Dave's responses for pandering to our Canadian friends. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I, I got hooked on gravy on fries in Florida. So it was it was a southern thing. And then you're putting cheese on it to boot. Where's Doug Froble when you need him? Okay. Did you know? Did you guys know he had a park named after him in Ontario? Uh, Honest to God, Doug Froble no. has a has a Doug Froble Park. You're I never expected on, to go down a Doug Froble uh, rabbit hole, but we're here. I'm sorry. We're here. We're here. I, I bet myself, <laughs> Dave. Let's get to Doug Froble before we're done tonight. And, and <laughs> but if if I'm if I'm to pull anything, we're talking about the 26. Zastrizny is probably the last piece um, of the bullpen. I'd get the hell out of here. I mean, in in 26 players on a roster, he's probably 35th. And, um, you know, Modzinski, as I've been complaining about him for a while, he's actually pitched very well over the course of uh, of the last month and a half in Indianapolis. And and he's he's certainly been one of their top 10 prospects over the last couple of years. He's a guy I might try to pull up here. Other than that, at this point in time, you have five young quality starters. Uh, unless one was injured, I'm not sure why you'd waste the prospect pulling somebody who who probably isn't going to be better than than anyone you have at this point. So um, I think with pitching, we're one player away from having our best pitchers um, here at this point. And um, as I said, Cal Mitchell would probably be the one at, at this point I'd pull up. Because I don't think Rod, I think Rodriguez needs his at bat still at AAA. He's not had a great season, um, and as Emmett says, Davis still needs some work. Um, so you don't necessarily have your top twenty-six, but you're damn close to it, and that's when you know you're about to go on a winning streak. As far as <laughs> yeah. as, far as, well, as far as the years, not not in in games this year, but as far as years down the road. I hear you. I hear you. Well, before we, we close it out, Pittsburgh's premier sports historian, Dave Finoli, has an announcement. I want to make sure everyone has a chance to listen to his, his latest and greatest project. Uh, it's coming up soon. Dave, why don't you tell everybody about it? Uh, we're, on, we're, we're on book number um, 37. I'm writing it with, uh, with a friend of mine, Gary Ken, who um, had done some work on this team in the past for us. Um, it's going to celebrate a team that is probably – the most underappreciated team in in uh, Pitt history, the 1910 Pitt Panthers. They were undefeated, unscored upon, and for whatever reason, the university won't recognize it as as a national champion. So, um, this book is going to go from how they were built, game by game, and then uh, I'm going to have a nice dissertation at the end on their national championship credentials. They actually um, most of these teams back then were named retroactively national championships. Where there was no, um, there was no system for naming national champions at that point in time. And, and quite frankly, the people that were the experts um, at the time never got out of 
of the the eastern section in New York to go see any team. So how the hell did they know who the best teams were or not? So, you know, retroactively, Pitt and Harvard were the two uh, best teams of that era. Plus, it's a story about their coach, Joe Thompson, who was a war hero. He was gassed in World War I, um, was injured in fire, yet uh, uh, rose to the uh, level of colonel. He was American hero. Um, he also was a, a state representative. So he's a very colorful uh, representative who kept telling people all along in preseason for some God unknown reason, he had the best team in the country and Lord knows nobody scored on it. It also was the beginning of the modern era of college football. The first year you had four quarters. First year you acknowledged that receivers weren't to be mauled as they went out for the forward pass. First year that you, it wasn't part of the game to grab and clutch uh, a running back and yank him as far as you could. Um, so it was really the beginning of, of the modern era of college football. And it's going to all be here. It's a series I'm doing called Lost Legends of Pittsburgh, where we're going to write a, about uh, um, some of those teams like that. And we're going to try to keep it at a good price, under $12.99 for the most part. So um, look for that. That'll uh, um, be out uh, probably 1st of November. Thanks, Dave. And, you know, good luck with the launch. I, I can tell you there's at least three guys in this uh, Hollywood square here that are going to be interested in, in reading that product when it hits the when it hits the stand. So thank you for that. Thank you very much to our our sponsor tonight, Burgatory. Uh, and if you haven't had a chance to go check them out um, on your next Friday or Saturday on your way to a movie or, or your way to uh, just go out and get some some dinner. Uh, and again, thank you very much for the four horsemen of the draft apocalypse. We appreciate it. Everybody, uh, enjoy the rest of your evening and thanks again for tuning in. Thank you guys.